Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel. It's great to have you here this morning. If you could find your seats, we're going to begin our service together this morning. A couple of announcements to share with you as we start our service this morning. Uh, first of all, if you are looking for a shoebox, a shoebox, uh, they've been moved. They're over by the bench, uh, by the coat rack over there in the old foyer, in the old foyer. Today is the last day to get an empty shoebox, okay? You thought I was going to say the last day to bring your shoebox. Today's the last day to get an empty shoebox. So if you'd like to get one, please make sure to get it today. Take it home with you. How many of you have been to Sight and Sound before? Have you ever been to Sight and Sound? Raise your hand. I should have asked who hasn't been to Sight and Sound. That would have been. Uh, it's definitely a, an, an awesome, awesome time. Um, the church has the uh, Noah DVD, and we'll be showing it on November 10th at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. So if you're interested in coming to see Noah uh, from Sight and Sound, of course, you're not going to have, you know, a camel walking down through the fellowship hall or, or anything like that. Um, but, but it will be up on the screen. Uh, please make sure to sign up. That sign-up sheet is in the fellowship hall. Trunk or Treat, uh, they are having some Monday night at between 7 and 9 here at the church. We're putting some things together for that. Uh, I believe it's the wordless bracelet, right? Is anybody... The salvation bracelets, right? Yeah, so the different beads on that. So that'll be Monday between 7 and 9 in the fellowship hall. If you're interested in helping with that, please talk to Amanda Lebo. Would you pray with me this morning as we begin our service? Gracious God, we're so thankful that we can be here together. Lord, we're thankful to be a family. Lord, that we can meet together to praise your name. Lord, we ask this morning that you would remove the distractions. Father, may we focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you take a moment to turn up, stand around, shake someone's hand, give them a hug, welcome them to Word of Life Chapel.
this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only salvation we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and He's given us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that He we believe in the resurrection and is coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more than anthems, greater than the songs we We believe, we believe, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life, we believe in the crucifixion.
How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night
this morning to take a few moments and come before the throne of grace and just lift up 
some of our folks to him and just ask God to bless this very special time that he's given us this morning. Father, we come before you with humble hearts. For Father, we acknowledge that you are the great and almighty God. Father, we bow before you this day, letting you know that, Father, we know our place before a holy God. We know, Lord, that you are the great maker of heaven and earth. And yet, Lord, you've chosen to be involved in this world. You have chosen to be involved in our lives. Lord, you didn't just create and then abandon. You created and came down. Father, we thank you for salvation. We thank you that God became man and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. Father, that's how salvation came. It came through a babe in a manger, a babe who grew to be a man, a sinless man, a perfect man, but a man, Lord, who was led to the cross. But Father, in Jesus, we find salvation. Through his shed blood, we find the forgiveness of sins, and Father, we're grateful this morning for that. We humble ourselves before you knowing that you took the initiative to rescue us from our sins. Father, we're thankful for this church. And we thank you, Lord, for each person that calls this home, that comes and supports and serves, prays for. Father, for this body of believers, we are so grateful for the love for the concern we have for one another. Father, we thank you for the fellowship that is ours. That we can look at each other and call each other brothers and sisters in Christ. Because, Lord, we are related. We are family. We are yours. And you are ours. Father, we think of our country this morning. We know that in just a few days, Lord, we will be having an election. Father, many people are calling this one of the most important elections ever. Father, may we as not only citizens of heaven, but citizens of this country, help us, Lord, to get to the polls and vote which is our great privilege and responsibility. Father, we know, as we've learned in Sunday school this morning and from the book of Daniel, that, Lord, you are over all these things, that you place kings in their positions, and you remove them at your will. Lord, you're the one who puts presidents in their positions and senators and congressmen and local leaders 
Father, you do that. Nothing thwarts your purposes and nothing can thwart your will. And yet, Lord, we are responsible. We are responsible to do our part. And so I pray, Lord, that this congregation, that we might do our part. Again, Father, we thank you for this morning. This is a great morning that you've given us to be able to come together, to be able to be here, just to be able to be, Lord, in your presence. Father, you said that where two or three of your children have been gathered together, you will be right there with and among them. Father, we know that you're here, and we ask that your spirit might have free course and be glorified. Father, we also know that there are many among us who are hurting and struggling, going through the trials of their lives right now. Father, I pray that you might come to their aid, that you might be there for them in this time of need, that your encouragement and your comfort and your peace might rest upon them. Father, sometimes words are not enough. But Father, you are always enough. So you move into that life that needs you right now. Again, Father, we pray that your word this morning might be sharp and powerful like that two-edged sword that just pierces into our hearts and into our lives. Father, it's through your word that we grow. It's through your word that we mature. As we come in contact with what you have instructed us to do. And then as we obey. So, Father, we ask that you might work in that special way through this service and make us to become more like Jesus, our perfect example. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing, hymn number 28. If you would turn there, please, or watch the screen behind me. This and the junior church can be dismissed. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Of our souls of us praise.
I suppose that you've all heard it said that God helps those who help themselves. Have you ever wondered what that really means? You know, to me, it seems as though that suggests that we can help ourselves at least to a certain degree. And then God kind of steps into the picture and he then makes up the difference. Some people might go even further and say that God's help really is unnecessary. For if we can help ourselves to a certain degree, maybe we can help ourselves the whole way. This morning, I want to look at Psalm 124. It's a psalm that reminds us that we really all do need God's help. That we really can't help ourselves apart from Him. And in this psalm, it reminds us and tells us that without God's help, Without God's help, we would be destroyed and we would be defeated. This is one of the songs of ascent. If you're there in 124 already, if you look right before uh, the wording of the psalm, it says a song of ascent. This was a song that was sung by Jewish pilgrims as they were marching to Zion, the beautiful city of Zion. These Hebrew pilgrims were, were, were on their way to the holy city of Jerusalem. And there were songs in the Bible that they would sing as they would go on their way. This was one of them. They would go to Jerusalem for these annual festivals and annual feasts. And this is one of the songs that they would sing. And so with that in mind, I want for us to read this together. And as we do, imagine yourself in a group of Jews as they're heading down the dusty trails, coming to the mountains that lead to Jerusalem as they're singing this song. Would you stand with me, please? And let's not sing, <laughs> but let's read this song together. But remember, the Jews would be singing this as they were heading up to Jerusalem. By the way, you do know that in the Bible, whenever you head toward Jerusalem, it's always up. You always go up. You never read in the Bible, let's go down to Jerusalem. You go up the mountains, and you come to that holy city of God. Read with me. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared up against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let our torn by their teeth, 
We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Thank you. You may be seated. As I said, this is just one of those songs in a series of 25. Psalm 120 through 134 are songs of ascent. And what these songs do is they look back. They look back to a time when God delivered his people. But they also look to the present and look to the future. In that God who saved them in the past, he can also do the same today and forever. I think few Americans realize that our national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, is a song of celebration for a moment of national deliverance. We all know the words. They go like this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? Although Psalm 124, the psalm we just read, is not a national anthem. It is a song in celebration of a national deliverance. Now, unlike the Star-Spangled Banner, we don't know exactly the historical situation. We don't know exactly why David wrote this psalm. But there was some deliverance, some salvation that had taken place within the nation to cause David to write. I want to summarize this psalm this way, using four words. If, then, but, therefore. Say those. If, then, but, therefore. Now listen, summary of Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, then we, we would have perished. But the Lord has been on our side, and therefore, we will trust him. Now, if you took Psalm 124 and you tried to summarize it, you could summarize it that way. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what advantage is there for us being Christians? Both pagan and pious, both get cancer. Both the pagan and the pious, they suffer business situations. Both the pagan and the pious have children that have disappointed. Both pagan and pious have marriages that have problems and experience accidents. What is it that we have that the world doesn't have? Let me suggest we have God on our side. We have God in our corner. We have one who walks with us, 
through the trials and through the troubles of life. If the Lord had not been on our side, David says of Israel, if God was not on our side, we would have perished. But the Lord has been on our side, and therefore we will trust him. So we find in the first five verses of this chapter, Psalm 124, an acknowledgement of favor. We have a description of what it would be like if God was not on our side. Have you ever thought of that? What would your life be like if God was not in your corner? Well, the psalmist says, number one, we would have been swallowed alive. Now, I'm reminded of the story of Jonah. Uh, we have the story of Jonah back in the book by his name, where Jonah himself was swallowed by this, this great fish. And Jonah, in chapter 2 of his book, he writes these words, From the depths of the grave I call for help. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. Being swallowed alive, it speaks of death. The psalmist also says, engulfed by a flood. If God was not on our side, we would have been engulfed by a flood. We looked a few weeks ago at the story of Noah. And Noah and his eight family members, they were saved in an ark. But we said that there were millions upon millions of people who were engulfed by that deluge, by that flood. We have pictures all the time on the news in the Carolinas and Georgia and Florida of the flood waters who have, that had brought great devastation. And in the Bible, water is a powerful image for threatening forces or circumstances. If God was not on our side, we would have been swallowed alive. If God was not on our side, we would have been engulfed by a flood. If God was not on our side, we would have been trapped in a snare. Imagine a bird caught in a cage that can't escape. Each of these examples that, that David gives us, it paints this very vivid picture of a catastrophe that arrives without warning and one in which you can't escape, you can't get out of. You are trapped, you are engulfed, you are swallowed, and you cannot help yourself. The danger that is described in these three metaphors, a wild beast, the flood waters, the fowler's net, but, aren't you glad for the buts in Scripture? But the Lord has been on our side. And we have escaped. We have been rescued. We have been delivered. I was thinking of several examples as I'm thinking through the Old Testament. Daniel, for example, who was in the lion's den. It was God who delivered him. Noah, who built the ark, and the waters are beginning to rise, but he escaped the flood waters. 
being in the ark. It was God who delivered him. And Israel, many times through their history, they were in bondage and slavery. For example, in the Babylonian captivity, unable to escape. But God delivered them. You see, had God not been on their side, they would have been swallowed alive, engulfed by a flood, snared by a trap. But God was on the side of Israel. God was in their corner. God was there for them time and time again. The psalmist, he didn't dwell on what it could be like if God was not there for them, but he bursts then in praise in verse 6. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken. I was reading a story of a sailor who uh, was just released from prison. He had been in prison for quite some time and um, upon his release he was walking across London Bridge. And when he came to the other side of the bridge there was this man and he was selling birds, larks and thrushes and the like. And he said to this man, what would it cost for me to purchase the whole lot the man gave him a price, and this prisoner handed him the money. As soon as those birds became his, he opened all of the doors of the cages, allowing the birds to fly free. And the owner shouted, why, why would you do that? Why would you buy these birds and then allow them to go free? And he said, listen, had you been in my shoes, had you been imprisoned for as long as I had been, you would free anything you could get your hands on. Here we discover a deliverance. We discover that Israel has been freed. Again, we don't know the exact situation in which David writes, but through Israel's history, it's been a series of events, a series of bondage, a series of slavery. And without the intervention, the involvement of God, this nation would have been utterly destroyed. Listen, there is no reason today for Israel to be in its existence except for God. Had God not protected and preserved, Israel would not be a nation today. But these are the people of God. They are his chosen people. And David writes of a situation in which they were delivered. He doesn't dwell on what it would be like if God was not on our side. He breaks forth into praise. Praise be to the Lord. In verse 1, it says, after the, it says if the Lord had not been our, on our side, let Israel say, let Israel say, what David is saying in verse 6, he's, he's not trying to defend God. He's not trying to prove anything. David is simply offering a testimony. 
a simple testimony. This is what God has done. Isn't that what a testimony is? You know, when someone asks you for your testimony, what is that? What is your testimony? Isn't it simply that we are in a mess, but God got us out of that mess? <laughs> we were in a real mess, but God delivered us from that mess. Israel, is, their testimony is we would have been completely torn in pieces. We would have been swallowed alive, but praise God, we have escaped. We were in a terrible mess, but God was in our corner. God was on our side, and God delivered us. Isn't that our testimony? We were in a terrible mess. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. You see, the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've all missed that mark. None of us have kept the standards and the holiness that God requires. Be holy, God said. Just as I am holy, you be holy. Because of Adam's sin, we've all sinned. And we were born in a big mess. We were born apart from a relationship with God. We were dead in trespasses and sins, the Bible says. The Bible says we were slaves to sin. That we were under sin and there was no chance for us to rise above it. The wages of sin is death, but you got to love the buts in Scripture. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.11 says, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. But for the grace of God, we would still be in that mess. But for the grace of God, we would still be heading toward a Christless eternity. But because of the grace of God, he gives us salvation. A free gift that is to be received and believed. That's our testimony. It's the testimony of Israel. We were in a mess, but God lifted us out of that mess. We were under sin, but God saved us by his grace. You see, a testimony is not to defend God. It's not to prove that he is. We are here to be his witnesses to who he is and what he has done. Our testimony is I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm alive. We all have a before and we have an answer. I was listening to the news, as I'm sure many of you listen to the news, and, you know, this uh, one commentator was speaking about um, how the world needs to change. You know, in our country, the great division. And, and the point he made was this. People's hearts have to change. 
Now, he was coming at it from a different angle than what we would. We would say there's only one way to change man's heart, and that's through the gospel. That's a, that's a relationship with God through Christ. But it, that is the only way, isn't it? The only way you can change a man's heart on the inside is through the gospel. It's God who saves. It's God who changes. So if the world is going to change, it's going to change through the gospel, through salvation that comes through Christ alone. We all have a before and we have an after. We were in a great mess, but we've been saved out of that mess only by the grace of God. And then we come to verse 8. We have the announcement of confidence. David ends this psalm this way. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Imagine these Jewish pilgrims. They're all marching to Zion, the beautiful city of Zion, and they come to the mountains. They've been their, their ascent up to this great holy city of God. And they sing, our help is in the name of the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. The king of all creation is on our side. The one true God is our defender. And he's our helper. The God of the universe is involved in the lives of the people he made. Therefore, we will trust him. If then, but therefore. You see, since God is on our side, since God is our helper, we need to praise God and acknowledge the fact that he is our helper, that he is our deliverer, and we can trust him. We really can. We can have confidence that God is in our corner and he's there to help us. I want to show you something in verse 8. And I, I suppose that we often, we just kind of read right over this. But if you look at the word Lord, you see it? They're all capital letters. Now you say, big deal. Well, it wait. <laughs> it is a big deal. You know, everything in Scripture is a big deal, as little and small as these things may be. When you read the Old Testament, you will read oftentimes Lord, capital L, little o-r-d. What is the difference between that and all capitals? It's a different Hebrew word for Lord. Just as we have in the New Testament, we have the word love. But there's several words, agape, phileo, eros. Three different words for love, but we have all in our Bibles, it just says love. And we're not sure which one. Well, here, the word is Yahweh. Yahweh. Capital L, three little letters, is Adonai. It's a different Hebrew word. 
Here we have the word Yahweh or Jehovah. And it's the personal and proper name for God. Like you would call someone John or Peter or Harry. Jehovah is the proper and the personal name for God. You know, we often think of the Psalms as devotional books. A devotional book or or these we read and we meditate that's a good thing but did you know that the the psalms are rich in theology like this little word lord what does that mean we read in uh moses god comes to moses one day and moses is standing there at that burning bush and god speaks to moses and this is what he says God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, right, big L-O-R-D, all capital, the Lord, the God, the Elohim, again, there's another Hebrew word for God or Lord of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation, Yahweh, Lord, all capitals, is the proper and personal name for God. You say, okay, what does that mean? Jehovah means a lot of things. I was looking on the internet, and you say, what does Lord, and that gives you list after list after list. It means there's no beginning, there's no ending to God. It means that he is utterly independent That is, he is not dependent on anything. He's self-sufficient. And you can read down through the list. But then I came to this meaning. And I think this is what we need to see in this verse. It said, God is consistent. Yahweh. Jehovah means that, that God is consistent. That he doesn't change. That the same God of yesterday is the same God of today, and it's the same God of tomorrow. Now think about that for a minute. Think about this psalm for a minute. What David is saying is, we had a past deliverance. God delivered us in the past. But we know that the God of the past is the same God of today. So the same God who delivered us then is able to deliver us now and deliver us in the future. We're going to sing a song when we close this morning, hymn number 48, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. It goes like this. Our God, our help. Don't turn there yet. We're not closing. I hear hymn books. Close them. Our God, our help in ages past. Our hope for years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. This psalm is saying because God helped us in the past. And he's the same then, now, and forever. We can have the confidence and assurance that God is going to help us today and God is going to help us tomorrow. You know, it's often that God will remind his people of the past. Why does he do that? 
Why is God constantly reminding us of what he did? Because it gives us confidence to know that he can do the same today and the same tomorrow. Now, I've been focusing on deliverance from sin a little bit. You know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But I think you can also apply this, and most likely this is a situation in which Israel was in a physical danger. That God delivered them from physical danger. Let me ask you, when you narrowly escape from a dicey situation, how do you feel? When you just barely escape, do you feel lucky? Or do you feel blessed? You see, I don't think David here is thanking his lucky stars. <laughs> I don't think he's doing that. He is giving credit where credit's due. Israel has just escaped a situation. They have just been delivered. And David says, I praise God. It's God who was our help. It's God who delivered us. When we narrowly escape a situation, you know, you're driving up Peter's Mountain and that deer comes right in front of you. Do you feel lucky? Or do you feel blessed? When you wake up at night and you have that, that pain in your chest, but you go to the doctor and the doctor says, boy, everything looks okay. Do you feel lucky? Or do you feel blessed? When you parents are waiting for your teenager to arrive home, after curfew, and finally the car comes up into the driveway. Do you feel lucky? Or do you feel blessed? You see, David is giving God credit. He gives credit where credit is due. David knows that God is on his side. David knows that God is in the corner of the Israelites. David knows that it's God. And let me close with two points of application. Two points of application. Number one, praise God for past deliverances. You know, we sing at Thanksgiving, count your many blessings and name them one by one. When you think of your past, you can probably remember several ways in which God has saved you or delivered you or brought you through that, that storm of life. God is a God of remembrance. He wants us to think back and remember the past because when we are reminded of the past, of the mighty deeds of God, it gives us confidence in the presence, in the present. You know, why did Jesus, you know, sit down with his disciples and create communion? Do this in remembrance of me. He doesn't want us to forget. He doesn't want us to forget the salvation which has been provided for us there on the cross. That's why we eat of the bread and we, we drink of the cup. And so God wants us to remember our past, to remember our salvation to remember those times in which God spared you. He provided for you. He has been there for you. And so this psalmist 
he reminds us that we need to praise God for the past, those deliverances. But secondly, trust God for the present and the future. To be convinced that if God did it before, he can do it again. God, remember who he is. This is Yahweh. This is Jehovah. And the psalmist wants us to remember our past because that will increase our trust for the present and for the future. Yahweh is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same tomorrow. If then, but therefore... If the Lord had not been on our side, then we would have perished. But the Lord, he has been on our side. And therefore, we can trust him. Father, we thank you for who you are and all the great things you've done on our behalf. Father, Father it helps us when we think of what you've done. It helps us to have more confidence and trust in you today. So, Father, being a God who has helped us in ages past, you've given us now that great hope that, Father, today and tomorrow, you will continue to be there for us and not against us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hymn number 48, I mentioned this song just moments ago, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Now you can take your hymn books and turn, and please stand with me and we'll sing this and we'll be dismissed. from this place, I pray that, Father, our trust in you might have increased 
a little bit through the reading of this scripture. Father, as you have saved Israel, as you have saved us in our past, Lord, help us to know that, Lord, today and tomorrow, Lord, you will be there for us. So we trust you. We have great confidence in you. Lord, you are our helper and our deliverer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 